we're here to talk about echinacea. It's been used for all sorts of things and it is an absolute go-to that in a mix for immune if someone's got yes. coughs and colds and flus. It is a great way of staying on top of or getting rid of that cold and flu in a safe way as long as we're including that rest and all of the other things that go along with getting better from illnesses. When we're able to change the lifestyle, change the foods, do all of those things and add the herbs, we get these amazing results, don't we? Hello and welcome. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mentoring with Geraldine, the Bite Size podcast. And we've got Christine with us from the Herbal Extract Company based in Sydney. And you all know how much I love my herbs. And we're here again to talk about echinacea. And I'm sure everybody has heard about echinacea. Everybody knows about echinacea. It's um, got to be one of the, you know, one of the herbs on the top of the list. There's actually three that we look at and we use as herbalists. And it's a fantastic herb. We use it for our coughs and colds and everything else. But Christine, would you like to tell us more about echinacea and all of its different ones? Gustafolia, purpura and purpura. Um, We make three different types. So this one's the that's echinacea purpurea. I mean, you can't see much on the bottle, but <laughs> I have that raw material here. Mm-hmm. And what's different with the purpurea? So that's on the whole plant. Mm-hmm. So it's roots and, and the aerial parts together and yeah that one so I did my herbal highlight on echinacea and gustafolia and um that is the root so we have that one here and again I mean the bottles all look the same so (laughs) So there we have much harder you can see the difference I can Mm. have yeah so we've got a purpurea we've got a much lighter Root yeah. because we've got the whole plant, whereas with the Angustifolia, it is just the root. Yeah, you can Why? see it's much more the much roots, harder. and then the blend is a blend of the the purpurea and the Angustifolia. So we have um sixty percent purpurea and forty percent Angustifolia, mm-hmm. and that is here. That must be yeah. That's <laughs> I'm just wondering because the they were put in front of the bottles, and perhaps that one's actually the purpurea. And this right. one is like more the roots here. Oh, yeah. There's so a the blend combo. of the Angustifolia and Peppuria roots. And then this yep. one is probably yep. more the whole plant Peppuria there. So you can see yeah. there's a big difference. There is in yeah. size, colour. Yeah. Yep. And then that one is the Angustifolia. Yeah, which is much hardier. Yeah, that. so very, yeah. quite different. And I think um, with the Angustifolia, it's much harder to grow. Yeah. And therefore more expensive. Right. And it's the root as well. So you're taking the plant yeah. out to use the base of it yeah. rather than the whole plant as you are with the purpurea. So yeah. is the research, is that across all of them? Is that across the combined or is that just really in the Angustifolia? Yeah, I think what happened was the eclectics, they were using the Angustifolia. Mm-hmm. And then the Germans, I think they came across the purpurea. Right. It was easier to grow. Yeah. And so they did a whole heap of research on purpurea. Right. So it's all just several different plants in the same genus, Echinacea, right. and it was just different countries, really. 
Yeah, yeah um, Europe to America. Then was sort of the original that was used by the eclectics, who were the group of practitioners prominent, you know, in the late 19th to 20th century in, in the yep. United States. Yep. So they use that as one of their primary herbs for septicemia, infected blood, wounds. And so they used to use it in large frequent doses every sort of half hour to hour. Wow. And I think some practitioners might use it that, you know, if someone shows signs of, of being sick, yeah. um, infection, that is a good way to prescribe it. Yeah, using the higher dose in the short term rather than the high dose over a longer term. Yeah. Often spreading, even if you use a lower dose, even if you spread that dose over yeah. the whole day. So there's that constant contact with the mucous membranes. But because that's the thing with echinacea, isn't it? It's got that sort of spicy taste to yes. it. And um, so when you're putting it in zing. contact with, zing. yeah, you've got that, yeah, the zing, you've got, when you're putting it in contact, you actually get that, you will get it, you know, the immune part going over the mucous membranes and that you're really going to taste it, you're going to feel it. And if it's going to then increase the general immune system function, then as it touches, it's going to support that changeover. It's going to, you know, the zing itself will probably get rid of some of the bugs anyway. And then we've got that enhanced immune function and taking it um, even small amounts very regularly over the day when you first start getting sick is probably a great way of taking the echinacea. I remember years ago, there was a study and I have no, I, I can't remember where I found it, read it or anything else. But they gave everyone who was getting on an aeroplane, on a large aeroplane, not that anyone's done that in 2020, but on a large aeroplane, they gave everyone echinacea. And on another aeroplane, there might have been half of them on the aeroplane got echinacea, the other half didn't. And then the ones who took the echinacea were all followed up afterwards and they did get colds because aeroplanes, of course, are a great breeding ground for illness because everybody's stuffed in a tin can. And it was an internet, a long haul international flight. And those that had the echinacea recovered faster and didn't have symptoms as badly. Mm. So as long as those people were actually spread out over the aeroplane, it could actually be considered a decent research study because you've got 300 and something people on an aeroplane. But if you only gave the echinacea to run in first class, then that wouldn't count. <laughs> I'd love to find that study, actually. It was, um, it was years ago, and I, can't, and I do not know where I heard about it, read it, or anything else. But I thought, you know, that it's a great way of doing it. You've really got a, a group of people who are all together doing nothing. And if you can get them all to take an echinacea and you can contact them afterwards, then you're doing really well. So <laughs> one. But, I mean, it's been used for all sorts of things, and it is an absolute go-to that in a mix for immune if someone's got yes. coughs and colds and flus. I mean, I'm not sure that I would be treating anybody with sepsis. I think probably they go to the hospital. Yeah. Uh, what's the place for them? Back in the day, they used to treat all those things, didn't they? Yeah, but back in the day, there, there wasn't antibiotics. I mean, they didn't come out until the Second World War, so there wasn't anything for sepsis yeah. prior to then. So if echinacea was able to support them back in the day then that would have been fantastic and wounds you talk um, about it for snake bite too and it's like <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i'd want to try it for a brown snake i think i'd want their head to i saw a snake the other day actually um, i think i'd want to head if i was bitten by a snake i would want to head straight an australian snake especially i'd be heading straight to the hospital of course the eclectics were in uh, in america and they do have completely different snake species to us in Australia. So 
and European snakes, of course, are only the adder. Um, <laughs> so we don't have quite such an awful result as we would with a black or a brown snake like we would in Australia. <laughs> Just mm. to, like clear that one up so nobody rushes out and thinks they can use it for no, a snake no. bite. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Go the old school traditional use. <laughs> yeah, these are traditional uses we're talking about, people. So, um, you know, we want to use it, you know, preventing those colds and flus. But when we've got them, it is a great way of staying on top of or getting rid of that cold and flu in a safe way, as long as we're including that rest and all of the other things that go along with getting better from illnesses. I mean, it's a great herb. And now we know that we can use it in all these different, we can use Angustifolia, we can use purpurea, we can use a combined, a combination product like you guys produce. And it's a one-in-one as well. So it is actually a relatively low dose because it's a one-in-one. The eclectics would have been using a one-in-five or one-in-ten. Like if I was to make it at home, I'd be making a one-in-ten. So it's a very similar, you know, if I was using a one in 10, I could certainly dose it at higher dose over a longer period. Whereas a one in one, I just don't need to, mm. you know, a, a lower dose regularly, sipping that regularly is really going to support recovery and speed up recovery. Mm. So and for prevention too, mm. for respiratory infection, which, um, yeah, it's a great um, coming into winter sort of herb that you need to make yeah. sure that, you know, kids going to school and all of those places where the bugs pr- proliferate. Yeah. Um, it's a great one to have on board, you know, and the other thing about it, you mentioned in your monograph and your, sorry, in your highlight was to help promote lymphatic drainage, which yes. I, hadn't, I hadn't really thought of, but of course it will because it's great for colds and flus and that's yeah, a really good alternative. Yeah. Um, it's one of the actions, you know, to alter, you know, our state. So, but, or, you know, the traditional term for alterative was blood cleanser, which yeah. obviously <laughs> has different connotations. But yeah, that was, you know, is that lymphatic drainage really? Yeah. Yeah, it promotes that. And it's also good for um, candida. Thrush. Which did not know. So, yeah. yeah. So that would, I mean, that's a great use. Anything that helps with candida, which is really common and women put up with it a lot and they often head for medication, not realizing, of course, there's a lot of diet change involved and behavioral change as well. But it's one of those, it's the mucous membranes that it's supporting and it's supporting that healing and recovery with the mucous membranes. So if it's, you know, your general immune function, your um, lymphatics, your coughs and colds and flus and the candida, we know that it's doing this systemically. It's working systemically as well because it's working through the whole body. I always think of echinacea working well with other herbs as well. I don't know you know, I wouldn't take it as a simple, I mean, you could certainly take it as a simple, 100% you could, but apart from that spicy echinacea taste, which is a bit special, and I, would, I wouldn't be wanting to take it by itself over a whole day because of that spice. I'd be wanting to put it with those other, you know, I'd actually add it to a yep formula, you know, your yarrow, elder and peppermint and add mm-hmm. that echinacea and you can have it as that tea over the day if you're unwell. And um, that's really going to support the homeostasis and support recovery from sickness. So, yeah. and avoid it. If you had one of those, you know, if you had echinacea tea and, you know, after work every day, you know, there's the opportunity there to be supporting that immune system long-term mm-hmm. Because there was some discussion there for a while that echinacea replaced or did something else to the immune system. There was some discussion and it was, no, guys, 
No, 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 no. All it's doing is supporting your innate immunity. Yeah, it's, it's modulating, yeah. Modulating. And it's not creating or doing anything. It's modulating. And so it's supporting what's going on in your body anyway. It's not replacing. It's yeah. not, you know, it's not going to ruin you if you had it on a, <laughs> had it on a daily basis as a tea. It's a, um, it's a wonderful herb all up. It's beautiful uh, flower. Mm, that is a, oh, beautiful flower beautiful flower the one for the garden mm, the um and it grows easily or the purpurea does anyway not necessarily the angustifa yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> so um and you've got another you've mentioned another study in your highlight around the um anxiety yes yeah so it's not something you think of no. echinacea for but um you know, often I've come across studies where they're trying to find, I mean, not usually they're trying to find a pharmaceutical drug for something or yep. and they find this action, but they, um, so the, you know, the, the gold standard of trial is the double blind placebo controlled trial. Mm -hmm. So, and this was done last year and they found that echinacea angustifolia can help decrease anxiety in adults. So, and there's been some earlier preclinical studies that, that have suggested that, which led them to, you know, to doing this trial. Yep. Um, so they took 40 milligrams of echinacea twice a day for seven days. Right. And there would have been um, tests, you know, mm. that they used the, their anxiety. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's um, something, you know, to think of it. Um, mm. I guess if someone has got you know, infection or prone to infections or even um, because it's a lymphatic drain, you know, it's an alterative herb, mm. it's good in acne. So, you know, if someone who's got, say, teenage acne and they're stressed about, you know, their, yeah. their self-esteem or, you know, possibly help with the anxiety as well. Yeah. So it's a real combo herb, you know, yeah. working on all of these areas that, yeah, you start that's the thing with herbs, isn't it? When they're made individually by yeah. the herbalist or naturopath for the client, they're choosing all of these different herbs and you're putting, I mean, I five is sort of an Australian thing to put five herbs in, yes. but generally, I mean, eight is fine. I'll put up to eight in a mix and um, I do quite a low dose. And it means that you can choose all these different ones. You know, your client with acne has got other things going on. It's never mm -hmm. just acne because, you know, the skin, like, you know, the lymph, the skin is the largest excretory organ. So it's just saying what's going on inside. Yeah. And so when we're able to change the lifestyle, change the foods, do all of those things and add the herbs, we get these amazing results, don't we? Yeah. So, um, and, and now it we reminded me when you said, you know, putting eight or so in, um, Lindsay Shum, who started the herbal extract company, mm -hmm. is in his 80s now. Yep. He, um, the way he used to prescribe, like he'd have a kidney mix, a liver mix, you know, he would mix, the old school herbalist used to make up a kidney mix, which had five herbs in it. Yep. And yep. then like a liver mix, which had five herbs in that, they'd put them all together. Yeah. You know, so, so in the mix, you'd have a few of the different mixes. So goodness yep. knows how many herbs they had. Yeah, but it's the synergy of the herbs working together. Yeah, I guess is is where you're looking at you know being beneficial. Yep, yep. It's that synergy of all of those herbs and making sure that we've covered the needs of that client. And it's so individualized. Herbal medicine is so individualized to every person. So one, um, that's wonderful. 
So is there anything that we've missed about? No, I, think, I mean, it's a very brief. There's, there's a lot more we could talk about with Echinacea. <laughs> that's, um, I mean, that's, you know, what I covered in the highlight when I wrote yep. it. How, yeah, just the modern interest is mainly on its immunomodulatory properties. Yep. Particularly in the prevention and treatment of upper respiratory tract infection. Yeah, it's wonderful herb for that. I, I use it a lot. So I go through yeah, bottles of it bottles and bottles of the stuff so yeah it's it's a great one for the lungs and all the mucous membrane area so um well thank you very much for joining us again it's been lovely to chat with you and i look forward to speaking with you again next time thanks so much for joining me today don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes if you'd like even more support and learning then the academy is for you Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.